2: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, of podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala, and I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that is the premise of the show. But that's only half of it, because the other half is that my co-host, who's with me always, you know, she's skeptical. She's not entirely sure what to think. Kristen Stutter. There she is. Hey, how's it going, Kristen? Here
0: I am. I uh, Yeah, you've never done an episode without me, and I've never done one without you. We're we're together till the end, right? You yeah, haven't no, received I, okay there aren't not. secret episodes. I don't listen to our show. Hard <laughs> to say.
2: <laughs> I would never. And I know you would never. I
0: certainly would never.
2: <laughs> the effort alone. It sounds mm-hmm. like a nightmare to you.
0: Not interested.
2: Kristen, do you remember what this month is? Octaber.
0: Todd Tober.
2: <laughs> Todd Tober. You're calling it Octodver, I'm calling it Todd Tober, however you want to call it.
0: You know what? Fans weigh in. Which do you like better? Which do you think is more to the original spirit of Terrible Puns?
2: Yeah, let us know. We're on our second Todd of the month. We talked about Todd Smith, aka LL Cool J. Uh, we went down memory lane with both Todds, really, to look at the episodes we've done about LL Cool J and Todd Rundgren. But is it truly a Todd Tober until we talk to nominating committee member, Todd Stan, to end all Todd Stans, <laughs> yeah. one of our favorites, Karen Glover. Hi, Karen.
1: Hi, thank you for not referring to it as Rocktober.
2: <laughs> I would nope. never. Yeah, I would no, absolutely never. That's too uh,
1: on the nose. We. Yeah, I we live really... in a world where Rocktober is a thing.
2: That's so, so sad. I'm grateful to yeah. you. That
1: I've tried to promote Todd Tober on my social media, and so far <laughs> it has not gone well.
2: Thank you for being a Have part of the fight. you
1: tried That might help. <laughs> like I said, Todd Tober, and then of course there's Aldo November,
2: which ooh, uh, that seems even more ooh. difficult to <laughs> try and. Uh, we we had someone from Canada on the show recently who dropped Aldo Nova, and I was like, that's. It's not gonna be for a lot of people, but okay. <laughs> All right. So Karen, we haven't talked to you since you were filling out your ballot,
3: That's if true. I recall
2: correctly. And just as a entry into this, before we jump deep into the Todd waters. <laughs> I wanna know what you think about this, about this class.
1: I am a fan of this class. I think it's a great class. I think it's super diverse. I think it's, you've got the mayor of rock, Dave Grohl, and which I did, you know, advocate on behalf of, for the Foo Fighters. And I'm certainly, certainly Tina Turner should absolutely be in. And I got taught, look, I was fairly myopic <laughs> about my quest this year, cause mm-hmm. the third time's the charm. So I'm very, very grateful. That uh, certain Mr. Rundgren has made the Hall of Fame, even though I'm far more excited than he is. Yeah. Which is, well, a yeah. Which well, is-
0: I, <laughs> I just want to say, too, before, because we will, I know, be going deep on Todd, is that you, I think, made one of the most compelling cases for the Foo Fighters that was made on the show. I'm still not. Thrilled about their first year eligible inclusion, but I think that you really were the first one to just go all in and be like, "Here's why the Foo Fighters are good and deserve," rather than being like, "Of course, the Foo Fighters." Blah blah blah.
2: What we hadn't really seen before was an argument of substance. Mm-hmm. I wow. think is what what Kristen is saying, and you you made it a strong case. You know that that put it into context.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still, as I've said on your show before, I will always advocate for the left of center arty guy, you know, actually now I have a new subset of artists that I'm going to champion. that's artists who will definitely not show up (laughs) to the induction. That's my whole new thing.
2: Right. Right.
1: Either by prior death or by unwillingness, to, to get on a plane or whatever reason. That's going to be my new thing.
2: Right, yeah. We got to look at the recluses. We got to look <laughs> at the cranks. We got to look at the dead. <laughs> we, dead we have many dead. categories. That worked
1: in my favor for T-Rex
2: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
1: them being unable to show up, you know, so that worked out. So um, that's my new subset.
2: Set your expectations low. So then if you get surprised, what a, what a wonderful thing.
1: I am surprised that Todd is not
0: showing up though. That to me was a very shocking thing like I didn't think, oh yeah, he's not going to be there.
1: Well, when people on the committee got mad at me because I couldn't guarantee that he would show up or even um, actually produce him to show up, my response has been, I'm used to the most important men in my life not showing up for me. And that's <laughs> kind of, that sort of just stops it dead. Like uh-huh. you use that as an excuse, Good line. Like, where, yes. do go exactly. where do you go from there? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That sort of mix of responsive horror and just sadness uh-huh
0: so <laughs> that's a real uh, conversation ender yeah uh-huh. that's that's my uh-huh. goal
2: i'm pretty yeah. good
1: at those
2: and- i mean he he threatened to not show up he had made it very clear but the thing is we're used to that type of bluster then and then then we're used to an about face you know yeah. the, the go-go's were like we don't care i think belinda even said i won't show up but obviously, I mean, as soon as they get inducted, it's, it's a completely different story.
1: Well, I think the Go-Go's did care. I think that was such a big pitch in the documentary. It was how mm-hmm. they should be in the, rock. they were good. They had hotels on hold a year in advance. There's no way they didn't want to show up. They don't, wouldn't show up. Um, right. Belinda, I'm sure they would get gotten her to show up eventually. Mm-hmm. And Todd, you know, in his address in front of Berkeley College said
3: I've never been nominated thankfully for the Rock Hall of Fame if nominated I will not run and if elected I will not serve
1: and that's what he said and for anyone to expect otherwise I can hope I would had this fantasy of having this new dress and being in Cleveland where I went to Oberlin so it's my first time back in years it would have been great I could have applauded and whatever from my seat in the bleachers or where they stuck me
2: probably better than where we'll be sitting. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You could have
1: hung out with us. Joe's got an extra ticket. Um. No. So I I had all this fantasy of what it would look like. And then when it became the reality, it was like, this is Todd. Why would I expect otherwise? Mm -hmm. He never said he would be there. He never said, and even his son was interviewed in the Cleveland papers. One of his sons lives in Cleveland said, we can't wait for the whole family to, to celebrate
0: conscientious objector, Todd Rundgren. Who would have thought?
2: What do we think it is? Is it the fact that it took so long? Do we think that is, no. Do we think it's just not, it's the rock and roll attitude of not wanting to participate in an institution?
1: Or be a member of a club that would have him as a member, like the old Groucho Marx thing. I think Uh he was upset the first time he was nominated when they did the fan vote and he realized... And his fan base galvanized and voted every day. And they realized how little that counted towards him actually being inducted, that it counted the total of like one vote. Yes. Yeah. And I think he took umbrage with that. And I think his fans were bummed out because there was such a groundswell of support in his fans to be inducted that now that he was finally nominated. And look, it took three times. And I understood that. Because he's not typical Rock and Roll Hall of Fame material, maybe, because he's never had that kind of mainstream success.
0: He's musical excellence, in my opinion. Exactly. I mean, I, that would have been where I had seen him going if he didn't get in based on the vote. I could have seen that he
1: would just go in
0: musical excellence because he has also such a wide production
1: career, you know? Such a hugely successful production career and such a an influence in video influence and in so many technologies that are now used today that he was using 30 or 40 years ago. He's really, he's a genius. I have a thing for geniuses. And uh,
2: <laughs> it's a real bummer. I, and, you know, the move to do shows in Ohio on and around the induction night feels
1: deliberate. Look, I love the Hall of Fame. I am grateful to even be affiliated with any aspect of it is a huge honor for me. It's definitely a highlight of my life. And getting Todd in is definitely like, I could, you could hang my jersey now. I'm done. <laughs> like when the committee kicks me out because I can't deliver Todd, and believe me, I tried, mm-hmm. but he's Todd.
2: He's going to do what he he's wants to do. He's never
1: going to be that artist that's going to follow any sort of path that's expected of him. His career's never been like that. And the fact that he's still touring at his, at the age that he is and he still has fans and he's got a whole new generation of fans, like I don't need to tell you. I've advocated for him on your show before. It's just it's Todd. And I think there's something kind of punk rock about it.
0: Now, Karen, can I ask, you said you would have loved to have bought a new dress and cheered from the stands. Does this mean no Todd, no Karen
1: at the induction ceremony? That is true. <gasps> I get what that. What am I going to do, at a film? Like Other people are being inducted.
0: <laughs> no, that's what I mean. I'm like, you're not interested in seeing?
1: <laughs> I have not gotten on a plane since Todd February That was the 25. thing that could
0: get you on a plane. On a plane. That, that, that was it. the
1: thing. And I... Did you know that when, when I found the dates, rooms at the Ritz were 200 bucks a night, so I had my room at the Ritz. I was all ready to go. No, oh, we fucked up.
0: We <laughs> could uh, have been staying at the Ritz during the pandemic rates.
1: Uh, yeah, I should have uh, given you my my room when I gave it up last week. I'm not being a sore winner, I winner. guess. <laughs> that is, I mean, I'm just not. It's just like I have to... I can't put my health at risk right now. Oh for yeah. Something yeah. that isn't like a once in a lifetime mm-hmm. situation.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, you've talked about how you feel like personally responsible for continuing to advocate for him. And then now you also feel in some way to blame that he's not showing up. And it's just like yeah,
1: it's like the worst rose ceremony on <laughs> the bachelor ever, you know, it's just like you're Aww. waiting by waiting for the rose and the guy doesn't show. I've had that enough in my life. Like how much more? (laughs) Like jilted at some weird rock and roll altar. Like, I let him go be Todd.
2: Do you think if somehow he had been able, he'd been convinced to begrudgingly attend, he would have enjoyed himself?
1: I can't speak to whether or not Todd, I mean, I think his wife would. I think Mm -hmm. his kids would. Yeah. And clearly that wasn't My prediction
2: is that he would. He would, and maybe he wouldn't admit it I think it would surprise him the way it surprises a lot of people, the way you see Robert Smith, the king of the goths, you know, enjoying it and being kind of taken by the moment, someone who was skeptical and the Radiohead guys. And like, you, you just, you see that happen. And I, I feel that Todd has this idea in his head and he's sticking to some principles that I, I don't know are what he thinks they are, but you but know, He's
1: there in the right. Sure. I mean, whatever the fuck he wants to think.
2: But I'm just saying, I I think he's, he's missing out. I think he's missing out.
1: Probably. Possibly. I can't. I think his family would enjoy it very much. I think his wife would have been thrilled to be there Mm -hmm. in a new dress. I think. (laughs) His kids would have been very excited to see that his father be bestowed that honor. But if he doesn't view it as an honor, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He got into the Hall of Fame. My job is done.
2: Oh, my goodness. Karen is evaporating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's turning to dust. She said, my job is done. and my now job is well. done I disappeared. No, but he doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame anything.
2: No, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, he doesn't owe anything. But to, on some level, I'm kind of like... Maybe owe it to yourself to have like a night where you're getting a lifetime achievement
1: award. He said it was good for retirees and dead people. That's when they should be honored in Hall of Fame. That's what he just recently said. Again, yeah. I'm not. I'm gonna sure be Jay a Z Z apolo- feels the same way. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be an apologist for Todd because a I don't really we're not friends, mm-hmm. but he's the artist who's meant more to me my entire life than any other artist. He's it and. I think the Todd fans are kind of, I wouldn't say they're used to it, but I think there's a certain attitude and a certain punk rock and a certain like left of center thing that Todd spoke to. And we all, I think his fans feel that way in real life. These his fans are not mainstream rock fans. Sure. You have to be a certain kind of person to be a Todd obsessive.
2: Well, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about your personal connection to him and his music and that it's so important to you. Do you remember the first (laughs) time you heard Todd's music?
1: Yeah, I was living in Easton, Pennsylvania, not too far from Upper Darby, where he's from. A friend of mine who was a local drug dealer (laughs) where I used to hang out after school, (laughs) apparently supplied pot to Todd and his band and other things. And uh, I went to his house after school, the delinquent that I was, and I heard Todd. And that was... That's where it all all changed. And there was a local radio station. On the radio? Okay. No, there was a local radio station called WSAN. And I grew up in the booming metropolis of Easton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Their version of Sans so was an alternative AM station. And they played Todd pretty much around the clock.
2: Well, because he was like a hometown hero.
1: Yeah. And then the first time I went to see him was during the Raw tour. I think it was 75 or 76. Maybe it was Kutztown State College or somewhere around there. And that's when he was touring in a Pyramid. And I, was, I still hadn't smoked pot then. So it was just, I saw that all sober. And I, I met his manager that day as a 14-year-old. And I'm still friends with his manager.
2: From that moment?
1: From that like, moment. Now, wow. We weren't friends the whole way, but I would see him at shows. And I pretty much spent my childhood going to shows in New York or shows in Philadelphia or just going to Todd shows. And there was a group of us that just loved Todd. And we'd go to every show. I went to Oberlin and he played Cincinnati went to see him and went to Cleve played in cleveland i just saw him every time i possibly could and it was just this you became friends with other todd fans is and there it kind of set you apart is no there we a- don't have a name okay. we don't have and we don't have a we're not unionized
2: <laughs> um, think about it we don't Wouldn't have be a, a bad idea <laughs>
1: yeah. but todd does this thing called todd stock you go camping and you hang out with todd for a couple of days that is where i draw the line <laughs> I will. Not haven't gone to Toddstock, or you participate just participate in Toddstock. I will not go to Toddstock, and if they do stock, let's say at the Waldorf, I'm in. <laughs> the Ritz in Cleveland, I'd go. A little more but luxurious. Yes, I will not be go- taking. They, they did one in Australia even for his seventieth birthday. It's kind of crazy. The fans are, yeah, show
4: up committed.
2: But
1: I'll. I will say that when I was. Moved to New York in 1984 to work at A and M Records, and I knew that Todd had his place up in Bearsville, and I knew that he went to this restaurant in uh, Woodstock called The Little Bear. It was a Chinese restaurant. So yes, I may have rented a house up there,
4: Karen.
2: <laughs> and I
1: may have looked for him. Short of showing up at the studio, I didn't do that. I wasn't. I was like sort of a stalker adjacent.
2: Mm-hmm. Like I would sure. never I would Maybe not quite even if fully I, but no you no know. no and
1: even if I were to see him I probably wouldn't have spoken to him because I would have been too nervous which is
2: a nice courtesy of stalkers don't usually uh
1: yeah it so <laughs> that's why I said it was adjacent but <laughs> I was working with the band Simple Minds and they were making a record up in Barrisville with Jimmy Iovine and Bob Clear Mountain record Once Upon a Time and Jim would join me on Saturday night kind of like drives around Woodstock in my quest to find Todd. <laughs> and he'd have some sightings and he would let me know and I would go rush over to where they were. And alas, Todd would have vanished. Have you met him in person? Many times. Yes. Okay. And I'm sure he's thrilled every single time. Now, does he, does he say, hey,
0: Karen, what's up? Are you a notable person?
1: In my mind, absolutely. Because I'm friendly with his manager, I've been fortunate to be escorted backstage many, many times where Todd looks at me like, who are you? Why are you here? I think I bemuse him, although probably not now that I've orchestrated his induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Maybe now we're post The last time I spent time with him, like serious time, I did a panel at South by Southwest. I do one every year. It's called the Songwriting Panel. And usually I make songwriters come up with songs on the spot. Sometimes I'll challenge them to use the worst lyric ever touch the sky. (laughs) I hate it with the, I passionately hate that line because what else are you touching? Seriously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd like, I'd that. So I'll challenge someone to write a song just called touch the sky or just whatever. And I've had the same kind of rotating people on for years and Todd was playing South by. So I got, I called Eric and I said, would Todd do it? And he would do it. So we did it. And it was one of the greatest moments of my life. Yeah. You're like you're like touch the
0: sky by Todd Rundgren. Now that I did not ask
1: but uh, (laughs) he said he was not gonna perform, no way, no songs. He did two songs. (sighs) It was great. Incredible. He was very gracious and again bemused at me.
2: (laughs) Now at that moment and at these moments when you see him now, when you say bemused, do you think there's a an element of oh yes, this woman again? Karen
1: who knows maybe he's overwhelmed with joy I have no idea it's very hard to to read yeah I I don't know last time I saw him was a couple years ago he played the will turn for two nights and I was backstage both nights it was fine it was he'll do photos he'll do the whole thing and he knows I've never tried to be I don't want to be his friend we're not friends
2: I think that's a respectful and level-headed mm-hmm. uh, way to approach it for a number of reasons that sh- should be obvious.
1: Yeah, I know I'm really bad friend. I use that to come out.
2: Of- <laughs> it's not what I mean. <laughs> but you know, you don't yeah, you don't want to be the the person who is I mean th- there should be a separation. I mean on one hand there's the don't meet your heroes, but it's yeah. like yeah, the relationship you have with the music and him as an artist, the, the attempt to make that something more can potentially damage what you already have.
1: I have two musician friends that I can cons- and I, and by definition of friend is like if I had food poisoning they would go to the Gelsons and get me some Pepto-Bismol and ginger ale. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. I consider like a true friend and I have maybe two musicians I would ask that of them.
0: The Pepto test.
1: Yeah, it really is. <laughs> As we yeah. call it. Not the like come back station tell me how wonderful I am friend. I've got right. This is the tried and true I'm there for you. Yes. Friend. Yeah. That's three I, maybe that's three, maybe. Funny.
0: I totally agree with that. I think it's that way with any art or art form. It's almost because then they're a real person and like they're not going to be exactly who you have, who you have this like parent who we all, the royal you, the royal we, have like these parasocial relationships, you know, with. Artists, musicians, people in the public eye where we're like, we are so connected to what we envision them to be or like their music, our relationship to their music and things like that, that to know them as a human being, it just changes the relationship and there will be a bit of disappointment or just like they're going to be different than you Mm -hmm. wanted.
2: You're playing a a game where the odds are stacked against you. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, look, there's a lot of musicians that I've made famous and made rich beyond their wildest dreams, but there's no pretense in my mind that we're friends, we're friendly, we're cordial. I think they're grateful, some, but are they inviting me to their Seder? No. (laughs) No.
2: Could I ask you to elaborate on that? Not necessarily, you don't have to necessarily say people's names specifically, but when you say that, and then I think that also, you know, given, I don't know if someone could be listening to this episode and they don't know what it is you do for a living. When you say that, what do you mean?
1: I mean, I've worked with a number of bands and put their songs on the radio and helped their marketing and, and guided their management and basically made them as big as they are. That's my job and it's as karen is
0: saying this she's literally just brushing dirt off her shoulders like she is
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's exciting it's i love why i love what i do and i work with mostly independent artists i mean i've been working i'm knee deep in a lumineers campaign right now and i've worked with them for a decade and i'm super we have a great working relationship we have a great personal relationship but i would never put them to the pepto-bismol test
4: Mm -hmm. Mm you
1: know and and there are others like Brit from Spoon, who flew from Austin to LA after I had a big medical issue in April. I had a stroke. He flew in to make sure I was okay. That's a peptobismal test. I mean, that's a yeah, so.
2: what a gesture.
1: Also
0: yeah. makes me like Spoon even more. A band I already liked and a guy I already liked. I like his soundtrack work too.
1: Yeah, no, I love that band. But you know, my favorite artist Alex Chilton thought I was funny and I made him a lot that's of money along <laughs> the way. Very cool. But you know, we were not friends. I made him laugh and I made him money. I think that's a priority. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, yeah. But I've always loved the ones that are a little ornery and a little, you know, I said the geniuses, the Alex's, the Tom Berlain's, the Todd Rundgren's, Robert Fripp, the ones that are just fascinating, true artistes.
2: Yeah, and I just got to acknowledge, of course a spoon is going to pass the Pepto-Bismol test. <laughs>
4: You if there was ever oh, going Joe, to it be.
0: was right there, and you just so you plucked
1: it, and it was beautiful. Um, oh, I love that. You can that's, <laughs> that's going to be the poll quote for yes. Uh, I just I love that.
2: Now um, you know the episode we did with Roy. About Todd three years ago was kind of before we were really digging deep into the lives, careers, and and work of these musicians that we covered. So I want to uh, tell the story of Todd, and I feel like Karen, obviously, you're a good person to be here to do this. And you know, like you already mentioned, he's from Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, and uh, his music career really started with a band called The Nazz. Naz.
1: Naz is spelled N-A-Z? N-A-Z-Z. Z- okay, good. And they had a couple of hits, Open My Eyes being one of them. I
4: know, I know and I my eyes.
1: Then they were offered a big deal. And it was during that time when Todd said, I really don't want to do this. I want to produce. I want to learn everything there is to learn about production. So we stepped back from it. And he was working with the band. He was working with Hall & Oates. You know, then it also came, he had a a minor hit with We Gotta Get You a Woman. woman. And that's kind of when the ball started rolling. He started making his own records. One thing I did not know about that first
2: record, Runt, is that it wasn't at the time credited to Todd Rundgren. Runt was potentially the name of the recording artist uh, or the band, really that was recording. Mm-hmm. But it, retrospectively, they now printed those albums with Todd's name on them.
1: Right, it was just Runt, and the second record, the ballad Runt, the Ballad of Todd Rundgren,
2: which is confusing mm-hmm. that the first two mm-hmm. records are essentially co- both called Runt. One's just Runt, and the next one is Runt, the Ballad of Todd Rundgren.
1: And now he's out on tour celebrating A Wizard of True Star, which is his most epic and confusing and magical record that has the song Just One Victory on it, which is probably his anthem, one of his biggest anthems. the show doesn't end with just one victory everyone's really bummed but before
2: we before we get to a wizard a true star okay, we have gonna... kind of his his breakout which is something anything mm-hmm. which has a lot of the songs on it that if people are a fair weather todd fan or they they think they know todd that is what they probably know because it's got hello it's me on it hello. Which did originate as a song from the NAS. So there is a different version that had been recorded in, in the sixties. It's very slow.
4: Hello, it's me.
2: And then Something Anything is a double album. And it has got all kinds of, you know, there's a track where he's just talking about the types of production noises you might hear on an album, or or this and that, and and it's got these ballads on it too. That I, I think is what brought in kind of the radio listener. But then it, it, what it attempts to do is not the typical pop record.
1: He's never made typical pop records, and and right. and then Utopia comes in, which is this more prog side. Rock band. One of my favorite records is Utopia Another Live 1970 for a concert, I believe, in Central Park. And every song is like 400 minutes long. <laughs> and it is so, it's completely prog it's completely out there, and it is so great.
2: Yeah. And so it it seems as though Todd, we see it now with the rock hall, and you've kind of alluded to it. Todd does not want to go where people are expecting him to go. And, you know, something, anything is this big breakout. um, Mm -hmm. And it has songs like I Saw the Light on it. (laughs) Really, almost Carol King ask Laura Nero ask mm-hmm. three minute songs, which
1: he cites as big. Laura Nero was a huge influence on mm-hmm. him.
2: Yeah, and he talks about how he heard Laura Nero for the first time and was like, "Oh, well, that's how I have to write songs now. I'm abandoning whatever it is I was doing before, and this is the way it'll happen." And he got a lot of attention for that, and and was he he did not care for being called the male Carol King. And being called a singer songwriter, he wanted to be so much more than that. So after something, anything, he leans into the weirdness with mm-hmm. a wizard, a true star, and then with the band Utopia. So a wizard, a true star. Let's let's kind of talk about what that album is because it's almost like a suite. Parts of it, like it, if the songs themselves are like snippets, like a minute that then right transitions into the next thing and you know they didn't release any singles because it w- it had to be in the context of this longer kind of Have you
1: ever seen the original album it was die cut so the four corners were cut out with a filigree design it's pretty awesome
2: the physical thing itself is not a rectangle
1: no and it's got song titles such as just another onion head
4: I'm not your city, you're just another...
1: I mean, it was not a typical, and then he'd go into Never Never Land from Peter Pan. It's all over the place, and it's just a lot of fun.
2: And was not well, I mean, it got mixed reviews at the time after something, anything was such a critically beloved album, a wizard, of true star was more challenging. And some critics understood that others did not over time, though, it has been kind of embraced as, uh, you know, I think that the term like bedroom artists, like that type of thing, it feels like a a prototype of of that thing.
1: But it's also someone who was so advanced in the studio and he decided to basically put every trick he knew on this record mm-hmm. so to say it's a pastiche is a kind way but it's just <laughs> all over the place and i think it's a record he's probably the most proud of because this is the he's touring on it now where they do the entire album and he's d- did that before about 12 years ago so i haven't seen him do that multiple performances of other records
2: my question about oh Qu- was there quickly, a true star? Can, I, oh. can i just say w- let's continue this discussion after we take a quick break Uh, and we will keep diving deep into Todd, but we will be right back. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break, you discovered the secret to uh, one of your followers. Yes. (laughs) That person who follows you on Twitter or Instagram, where do they come from? You found the answer, and you're now at peace. Congratulations. Uh, so let's let's jump back into, we're kind of going through the, the albums uh, of Todd Rundgren. We talked about something, anything, and then A Wizard, A True Star. And Kristen, I, I believe you had a question about A Wizard, A True Star.
0: My question is just, do you think that this was meant to almost like find the true fans, like a bit of a, a litmus test in a way. It was like, oh, if you liked these three minute Carol King style songs, let's see if you can hang on through this pastiche of, of recording techniques.
1: No, I think Todd is his own muse. <laughs> and I think Todd does whatever Todd is drawn to do at any given moment. I don't think he's thinking about the fans.
2: And I think at this point in particular, he was taking a good amount of psychedelic drugs, which was probably the real motivator for what it is that he wanted to express on A Wizard of True Star.
1: A true artist, they create because they have to create. And whatever is in their head, you know it's not like his ear got cut off and he's making he's in his whatever blue period this is todd was drawn to what todd's drawn to and one thing that your audience might be interested in the song that international feel from wizard true star a stellar version was done by tame impala <laughs> When I worked with Tame Impala, a couple of their records, that's how we bonded, was on Todd. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And Todd did a um, mix of the song Elephant.
2: And I I think that's, the Wizard of True Star is the album that a lot of artists like Tame Impala, like Trent Reznor, they point to as being... I don't know if you want to call it template, but like this was a cool thing and I it's inspiring.
1: Yeah, it also it's freeing to be able to make those kinds of records on your own terms. He wasn't at the mercy of any record company. He just did what he was gonna do. No one was saying you have to have another hit. Or maybe they were hoping for it, but he just did what he what he wanted to do. And it's also the seventies, so it was a very different vibe back then. You know, sort of the beginning, you know, the album rock was very popular. Album, you know, it's just people listen to albums. Yes, yeah.
2: And he, to be clear, he's doing a lot of this recording and instrumentation completely by himself. Yeah. You know, maybe early on those albums, he was still kind of doing it, but maybe he wasn't doing the drums or the bass. But at this point, he is covering all the basses, you know, which is something that we would see a lot with artists down the line i'm thinking of prince in particular but he
0: is banging on the drum all day he is also (laughs) strumming on the guitar all day he is that's Uh a
1: song that all todd fans hate i bet yeah (laughs) yeah even though it bought him his place in hawaii how many artists have had the career freedom how many i mean (laughs) he's been doing this since the 60s to just follow his own inspiration and not play that game. He's been successful by not, he's never pandered to anyone ever.
2: And I know he has mentioned that he has also never had to worry necessarily about making a a hit single or making music that's going to sell because he had such a lucrative production career. That alone was enough to put food on the table. So he really is free to express whatever it is he wants to express on his own albums.
1: That's a great career. That's the reason to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah. And we've talked before about the musical excellence category, which is meant for people like Todd, but also as we're seeing this year, the musical excellence categories also clearly also meant means
0: a lot of other things too. Now,
2: <laughs> artists that can't get in the traditional way. I, I think it was clear that even if it took a few times, Todd was going to get in the traditional way.
1: It sort of feels like a consolation prize or the voters are too stupid to acknowledge why this artist should be. Yeah. It's like
0: either the voters just don't get it and they just, we've got to get this person in somehow, or it can feel in a way like a slight or something. But I, to me, there are many people who I think that, their career is almost just like too varied to just be considered a performing artist and Todd might be one of those people.
1: Well, I'm grateful that he was that getting. he went in through the front door. Yeah, I'm grateful. <laughs> I may never have another artist get in again, but right now I would just he- be hey,
2: with with us backing you with yeah. our partnership, yeah, well.
1: exactly. We really well, uh, so you're <laughs> expecting the joy division and uh, cool in the gang nominations next yeah. year.
2: I hey, mean, it's a I little know. early, but you said it, not me.
0: The full force of the
1: who cares, By the who cares, high. has of- been my entire career. I work with these artists and the ones that deal with the big TikTok artists and everything. I said, and I'll say, here's what this artist did this weekend. My boss will literally say, who cares?
2: It's the name of the game.
0: <laughs> yep. The name of oh, the show buddy. and the name of the game.
1: <laughs>
2: so, after A Wizard of True Star, you've got the Todd double album, which has A Dream Goes On Forever on it.
4: A million old will fade away, but A Dream
1: Goes On
4: Forever.
1: And Sons of 1984 is also on the Todd album, and that's a big, big live anthem. For Todd fans, thats a big song. And that album came with a poster and you could have mailed in a postcard and have your name on the Todd poster.
2: Right, it, from what? the last album, the album before said, hey, do you, do you want your name on the next I'm, one?
1: My name is on the Todd poster. <gasps> what does this poster look like? It's his face. It's the cover of the Todd album. And little tiny, tiny, tiny names. Very you That's go. great. Where is your name at? It's actually, it? the problem with mine is that it's like white on white. So it's, it's, I think I'm on a shoulder. I haven't seen the poster in a while, but it was a really big deal when that, I remember going to a listening booth in the Palmer Park mall in Eastern Pennsylvania when that record came out and getting my copy of it. Yeah. And
0: you just sent a postcard. Did you have to send anything else? No Okay, so this is just all fans And I love that
2: And so then around this time Is when the Utopia stuff is happening He starts this separate band That is Prague rock Like you've mentioned A lot of songs that are very long Sprawling, noodling, etc
1: And some hits too There was an album A Utopia album called Oops Wrong Planet That had legit hits on it
0: Just some seventies prog naming of an album. Oops, wrong planet. I just, I love it. I think it's just, wow. It's like, say it's the seventies and you're a prog band without (laughs) saying it's the seventies and you're a prog band. (laughs) The title of our album is Oops, Wrong Planet.
1: I see. For someone my age, I was like 13, 14, 13, 14. That, that Those big stuff. Pretty exciting to have your mind expanded that way.
2: Yeah, and the Utopia was kind of happening concurrently with his solo career.
1: I mean, then there was the Faithful album, which is a cover. Yes. I mean, half of it is originals, then half of it is just wacky, it's just covers. So
2: and covers that are meant to be faithful, you know, as the album title says, trying to be as close to the original. Um and that's got, you know, good vibrations on it.
1: Then there were songs like Black and White. Love of Common Man.
4: Oh.
1: The verb to love. Those are classic Todd songs.
2: Then that's from the side of the album that is original Todd stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Hermit of Mink Hollow. Oh, that was such a big record. We have Can We Still Be Friends on this. We
4: can't play this game anymore, but can we still be friends?
2: Which was a, a huge hit. And a ballad. You know, Mm -hmm. he had been kind of off experimenting with Utopia. And this is, you could call it a return to, to form to some degree.
1: Oh my God, Todd fans love this album. They just do. It was such a big deal to have those songs. And there's so many beautiful songs on it. And then some wacky ones too, but such a classic record. You can play Hermit for anyone and they'll get it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, not like an inaccessible or particularly. I mean,
1: there's goofy songs like Onomatopoeia, which is a song about
4: onomatopoeia.
2: Which sounds like something Weird Al would do.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's a song in it called Lucky Guy, which is just a beautiful love song. Seems like he
4: You just must be a lucky guy.
1: Fade Away is another gorgeous love song. In a
4: hundred million years, when the planet disappears, you and I will stay and watch the world
1: fade away. Wallace, it was just such a great record. We were all very happy about that when that came out. And the Todd was everywhere again. And that was yeah. then after that was Back to the Bars.
2: Back to the Bars, yeah.
1: Which is a live record and had some guests on it. And I know every word of that record front to back. A lot of it was recorded in Cleveland, Ohio. And so. At the Agora, right? Yeah, at the Agora. And that was. <sighs> Part of why it would have been cool for Todd to be in Cleveland. Todd was yeah. so big in Cleveland, right? Right. He could play multiple nights in arenas. He was so big, and that's when I got to Oberlin, and every I found all these other Todd fans, and some of them were locals, and it was just so exciting
4: uh-huh.
2: that there were
1: people <laughs> that I could talk to about Todd.
2: And we, you've got Holland Oates doing backup vocals on "Hello, It's Me," and mm-hmm. uh, I think you get Stevie Nicks also doing.
1: very classic live record. And that was a time when everybody loved live records. It wasn't quite Frampton Comes Alive.
2: All right. So, you know, after Back to the Bars, we've got an album called
1: Healing. That's a beautiful record. It's a really, really gorgeous record. If you're ever feeling bummed out, it's a good go to the gardens, get high and listen to that record. Or, in my case, not get high, you know, I'll pop an Excedrin <laughs> migraine and the sober version of getting high. Uh-huh.
2: It's,
1: it's really extraordinary.
2: And that's another one that's got like, so one side is just healing part one, healing part yes. two, healing part three. It's beautiful, you know, and, just and gorgeous. Just long, long songs.
1: It's kind of like the whole record is a freaking heartbeat. <laughs>
2: and we we wind up at the ever popular tortured artist effect from 1982 featuring bang the drum all day the what a terrible song ever oh present stadium anthem commercial jingle uh, trailer, mainstay. If you listen to the rest of Todd's work and then you heard that song, you'd be like, I don't I, know that
1: that's I him. I will
0: never forget when I learned that that was him. I didn't know. I thought that that was like a novelty song done by
1: a you know, some
0: Cajun. The California
1: uh, Raisins or yeah, something. Yeah, some <laughs> kind of
0: like Dr. John wannabe. Like, I don't know. I, I had no idea. And that's wild. <laughs> it's a very, is, is the rest of the record in any way
1: uh, in that same vein? Yes. <laughs> I would say that that's one album that I don't ever revisit often. You know, sometimes
2: this is mentioned as a uh, contractual obligation album for Todd. It was his last one on, on Bearsville records. Things start to get, I mean, we talk about Todd being experimental and, you know, he's experimented a, a great deal before this and through in the albums we've talked about. I feel like we start to get into some very interesting places. I'm thinking about the next album, which is a cappella, which yeah, is a record and acapella album. You know, wow. but not before
1: Pentatonix <laughs> did it. yes, they were <laughs> oh, there. Oh, dear. Oh,
4: John, please show me how to spin. I want to do that, dance to
1: Also tours where he would do Todd Rundgren's Johnson, where it come out wearing a dashiki and play blues songs. Like, no. like Robert
2: Johnson. Tour, yeah. And then
1: do his tiki tour. He did his like lounge tour. Then yes. I saw at the House of Blues. And that was what I love. I mean, I'd be super grumpy to be at that show at the time, mm-hmm. but I love that he does it for himself. He's yeah. not thinking about me, lifelong fan. Who would want to hear some songs I might know? Mm-hmm. Um, he's just doing what he wants to do, and if people are willing to pay money to do that, fantastic. I mean, I remember working with The Counting Crows and the, their second tour after there was the biggest can be, and they and Adam didn't want to do Mr. Jones anymore,
4: uh-huh. and like mm-hmm.
1: everybody was up in arms, like you have to do that's your hit. I can't imagine ever telling Todd you have to go out and play your hits.
2: Right? No, he does he not seem interested that in left that.
1: turn and say, well, I will show you. I will do them as tiki songs, as lounge oh, songs.
2: Yeah, so he, you know, that album with a Twist in 1997, it's like he does a bunch of his hits, but they are, they sound like bossa Nova. You know, they, they sound... <laughs> you I know, saw you, that tour. You've got, like, maybe a tropical bird making a sound as he does Hello, It's Me in that style. Hello... <sighs>
1: i thought about for a long, long time. We went through his rave period also. There was the rave album, the, the rave album not too long ago, where he played at the Roxy, and it was backup dancers. I don't think there were any other musicians, maybe one or two musicians, and it was just one dance on, rave song after the next. But-
0: Now, and Karen, was I know yeah, that's what I, that was going to be my question. Now you are tried and true through and through blue, uh, mm-hmm. Todd fan when you saw the Tiki tour or when you saw the rave tour, were you like, all right, my guy, I'll, I'm sticking with you. I can find a way to enjoy this. Or were you like, I do genuinely enjoy this. Or were you like, okay, I'm just going to hang in there until the next tour,
1: the- Todd fanatics will say Todd is God. That was just one of those easy things to say in the 70s. Put it on a (laughs) t-shirt. it rhymes, catchy. Yeah, and it's like one of those things where if you believe, and I don't because I'm an agnostic, that God gives you the challenges that you can handle, and I kind of feel like he's testing us.
4: (laughs) Oh, my
2: God. It's a (laughs) big,
1: massive test. And it was then...
2: Todd exactly. tested us.
1: Yes. And who can hang in? Who's like a exactly. true believer? Exactly. Oh my and, gosh. In Todd and we trust. Be, and so it becomes something that you talk about later as either a traumatic experience that you got through <laughs> or a, just another piece of Todd, the nuance of Todd Rundgren, another part of the, his nuance. And I've seen every single tour since 1975 or whatever. And it's been interesting. And I think I'm just grateful. Anytime he plays live, I'm just like, this is fantastic. And sometimes he, as he he were a deity, rewards us with a greatest hits tour.
2: Isn't that nice? I I
1: know all these songs. This is fantastic. I know all the like hand movements for just one victory. I know the whole thing.
0: Wait, what are the hand movements to just one victory? Is it the sign language?
1: Just one victory and we're on our way. Pray it for all day. Okay. Fight so, for it all night. So, so we're just one victory. It so will you, be all right. You throw <laughs> up the, the
2: one with your finger and then a V, the v. with the two yeah. fingers. Yeah. And then the praying hands yeah, yeah. And, and the boxing fight for with the all fighting.
1: Night just one victory it'll one be all v, right and then an okay, <laughs> <And> then okay. <laughs> or a but you thumbs gotta be, up you got to be careful yeah, the yeah. okay these days can, can yeah i know okay. so that's why i did the thumbs so. <laughs> up
0: interesting
1: <laughs> oh there's a rounds in todd runburn songs you know like in just one victory there's a round interesting oh, yeah, it's a, it's a it, there's a lot of audience participation if you're in the it's kind of like going to see rocky horror wow those hmm. who know know i bring rice in some newspapers i'm in yeah exactly <laughs>
0: She's no virgin.
2: So he has always been consistent in putting out albums. You know, in the late 80s, there's Nearly Human and 91, there's Second Wind. Those albums contain songs from, and I thought this was interesting, uh, Up Against It, which is something that I did not know.
1: Right. About. And he's going to do the show with the Joe Morton. Adopt the Joe Morton
2: play. Yeah. And I didn't know about, you know, this guy named Joe Orton had written this screenplay that he wanted to be the movie follow-up to help for the Beatles. Uh, They were not interested. And, you know, it kind of sat around for a little bit. The story of Joe Orton uh, is a tragic one because they were going, he and his partner were going to pitch this to Richard Lester, the guy who directed you know, A Hard Day's Night, and the chauffeur found the both of them dead. Joe had been, like, bludgeoned to death with a hammer by his partner, and his partner had then killed himself. And so there's been this kind of text, this up-against-it thing that has existed, and Todd wrote some songs for, like, a musical stage play for this, and some of those songs have been sprinkled out throughout his album's around this period
1: the nearly human record he revisited last year when he did the tour it was the virtual tour they based themselves Mm -hmm. in chicago and they did however 20 some shows that they'd focus in a different night every different city every night so Mm -hmm. they would do it in that time zone and i think i saw 18 of the shows I remember seeing the Nearly Human tour when it first happened, but it's really exciting. I mean, there's that song, One of a Nail, which was sort of a minor hit that had Bobby Womack on it. It's really a great album, It's really. I mean, I was happy to hear those songs every night. It was fantastic.
0: Would he play a different set list every night during that virtual it No, story? the same
1: set
2: list. But the, it was city specific.
1: It was to their time zone. And there would be like backstage, there would be food from that city or mm-hmm. some sort of acknowledgement of that city. And and his wife was one of the backup singers and dancers. There were three of And it was just, especially in that part of that pandemic around, you know, that's how I spent my Valentine's Day was watching Todd. It was very cathartic to be able to have that, thing to look forward to in almost every night yeah so have a todd show and every show was slightly different and even when it wasn't like i by the end of it i knew all the choreography and you could be sort of on the background zoom that they had like the other people could be i mean i was on screen a couple nights mm-hmm. wearing my todd sweatshirt just, mm-hmm. uh,
2: which we know out, on, on this show we've out. Seen. yes
1: i'm gonna only wear todd clothing on uh when i do we, this you've got a t you've got a t-shirt on at the moment Yeah, i do this as, <laughs> it's from uh Permit. And the fact that they figured out how to do that and take care of their fans, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. He didn't have to leave Hawaii to do that, to go spend a couple of weeks in Chicago in, in the dead of winter. And why? <laughs> exactly. Why? I wouldn't go to Chicago in the dead of winter, sort of in the height of the pandemic. I mean, I'm sitting there recovering from COVID. i grateful that I, I'm i going to be stuck in bed listening and, and I can watch a Todd show. Yeah. It was really cool. And I bought tickets for a bunch of friends
2: mm-hmm. and everybody
1: kind of, they dug it, even at the people that weren't Todd fans.
2: Yeah. It's one of the more interesting things that an artist did over the pandemic. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we were all forced to adapt, a lot of people just, you know, took a break, which is understandable, but this is one of the more interesting things uh, that I think we experienced. Um, I would like to talk about TRI. no. Capital T, Can we not? capital what, R,
1: what hyphen,
2: lowercase I. That's
1: when I met him. Oh, yeah? I met him during that. I mean, I met him as like a kid at, at big shows going, ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. And He was like, hi, whatever. But as a, um,
2: an industry.
1: As an industry person, he came to my office when TRI was out. And he had those sunglasses where one is like horizontal and one's vertical. Like the ovals are just. Yeah. Um, really hard
2: to look so at. To, to let people know what we're referring to there was an album in 1993 called no world order and it was meant for the Philips cdi you could also put it into your home computer
0: what, what is the Philips cdi
2: the Philips cdi was a gaming device type thing the compact disc interactive
1: Yeah, it was new technology.
2: So you put this CD in and you get to interact with the music. You have like an interface and there's over like 900 four bar segments that you can click around. I watched a video, it's on YouTube of Todd demonstrating the technology. It's very convoluted. If you do nothing, you just hear the album the way Todd would do it. But that's not the point. You can also click like, oh, how would Jerry Harrison from Talking Heads have this album? But you can also just be like, wait,
0: I'm sorry, hold tight. So (laughs) i'm just because this sounds kind of interesting and very similar to some things that currently have, like remix software Mm -hmm. almost or like you know letting the fans remix a thing or whatever kind of stuff that was happening in the 90s 2000s yeah
2: it's not unlike that but i think before that we really had like the language and maybe the technology to pull it off in a smooth way,
0: but also it was including what other people's remixes would have been yeah. as well. Yes. Okay,
2: Don Was was one of them, and you could yeah obviously speed up the tempo, change the mood, make the mix more sparse. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things for you could... his
1: fans, for his fans that are like the muso nerds that love that stuff, and that are think of Todd as a producer first. And, and it's, it's
2: it, there's no or there's no specific order that you can listen to at all. You know, no world order is the name of the album. That's what that is referring to. It's a different experience every time, depending on how you want to do it.
1: It was challenging. I was sober by then and I didn't enjoy it as much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then he has a second TRI album called The Individualist from 1995, which mm. is less that, but still has some elements. You still put it in your computer, you can play. A, basically a game to uh, one of the songs. The I stands for interactive, I believe. So <laughs> it was still an interactive release. It's an interesting time. And like, those are swings. Those are those are really yeah. crazy swings to do as an artist. I think it's cool, but yeah,
4: did it
1: grab me? No.
2: Yeah, there's also a, a good amount of like Todd rapping
3: on these. Nah. Yeah, that's
1: not good.
3: Let me tell you about the New World Order not the kind to make you run for the border it's a new religion wrapped in a revolution with a proven solution for your mental pollution i he's stretching. it I think, he's stretching. Not?
1: would i go to a concert of todd rapping i'm not sure you would, would.
3: <laughs> of course okay, you I would, would.
2: Right. i would maybe come with you because i would yeah. like to see that that sounds uh...
1: well he's at the belasco november 12 13 14 i'm gonna have to drag you guys out to a show Ooh.
2: I mean, we will we'll be coming hot off of not seeing him at the induction. So exactly. we will have a Todd-shaped yeah. hole in our in our
1: heart. And I'll be hot off of not being there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and then, uh, I, you know, after this, we get with a twist, which is the Bossa Nova album. And, you know, we get, like you said- Todd Rundgren's Johnson. There's a bunch of albums in here. I think the ones worth mentioning. Todd Rundgren's Johnson. You know, and we talked to Roy last week about uh, Todd's member. Oh, as yeah, it were. I forgot. Um,
0: <laughs> how could I have forgotten
1: about? I knew. A, I take. just knew that Roy would go there. Of course of he would. Course. Yeah, that's why.
2: Listen, you know, it was you, great. I would not go there. Of course, and that's why we have you both. It's a it's a complimentary situation in more ways than one. Compliment with an I and yeah, an E. Yes. Reproduction, I think, is an interesting release from twenty eleven because he records songs from albums that he produced for other artists, which you know it's a it's a tip of a cap to his career as a producer, but it is him doing the songs. Not my
4: way. It's
0: just like an OG remixer out here. I didn't know.
1: I mean, he was one of the first to make videos. His technology was so far advanced. I mean, he had a studio in Bearsville that eventually burned down, which is very sad, where he was doing all this incredibly creative video work far ahead of its time.
2: And I, I don't know if you can elaborate at all, but occasionally I see little snippets where it's like Todd was involved in creating one of the first paint applications for the home computer. Yeah. Or like Todd was involved in uh, making this screensaver software.
1: And it's like, yeah, he's amazing. Oh, what? Okay sure (laughs) because he's a genius he's a wizard and a true star as we always say (laughs) and deserves to be in the rock and roll hall of fame whether or not his presence is felt
2: yeah you know and he he has continued to make albums and put out music and tour
1: the white night tour was interesting because it was with carl palmer solo opened which and if you've seen one gong solo for 20 minutes you pretty much you you're good so with Carl Palmer. Carl Palmer is Combers, a uh, Emerson, Lake and Palmer.
2: Emerson, yeah. Lake and Palmer, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then he was opening for Yes. Okay. And then he comes out and the White Knight record has tracks with Donald Fagan, tracks with Trent Reznor. It is not a commercial record. A lot of it is anti-Trump.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And to see him on stage in a fairly big venue not playing hits, I loved every second of it because another guest, frequent guest on your podcast, Rick Krem, was not that familiar with Todd when he went to that show. Mm. And he left the show not that familiar with Todd. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's...
1: Questioning, questioning me <laughs> on my obsession with... And I remember going backstage after he played, and I think that was when I told him, and it was true that I was, had gotten so bad that I was thinking in his lyrics, Mm-hmm. And granted, I had had a child by then, and I had mommy brain, which means no brain at all. And now I can still claim COVID brain, but <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use those excuses as long as I possibly can. But I do a Todd Rundgren lyric, really is my first response to anything in my head. It's sad. It's, I like it. It's
2: I I like it too. I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm I'm for it. I would like to talk now about this induction of Todd. And, you know, when we had thought about what this induction might be three years ago, we didn't really consider the possibility that he was not going to show up. Uh-uh. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens because this year there are 13 inductees, six mm-hmm. in the performer category, which we are to assume are going to be given a little bit more real estate I would imagine, than the seven side categories just because this ceremony can't go for 15 hours. So... It just feels like it. Yeah, it'll mm-hmm. just feel like it. Uh, not for me, though. I'll be like, more. Is Jay-Z showing up? I think so.
0: We don't know yet,
2: though, for we sure. We don't know. Joe, do you really have announced- any
1: intel? Do you know anything? I don't. He'll fly in. He'll fly
2: out. There hasn't been a ton of information on who's going to be there, both on the inductee side and the guests presenter guests yeah so are they going to how much time do you think is going to be devoted to this todd induction is it going to get the dire straits treatment or you know knowing well in advance that he's not going to be there is it going to get the linda ronstadt treatment and by that i mean will they quickly brush past it or will there be tributes and stuff what do we think
1: my sense is that there's going to be someone an artist of a certain stature not physically there doing an induction for him and then there will be a, a compilation film
2: so so yeah obviously there will be the little the little doc the package. Uh, thing, the package mm-hmm. that right. gets you excited for the artist i know that todd you know cuz people keep asking todd about the induction and he has said he was like well i offered the hall to do something while I'm in Cincinnati, wherever he's going to be. Like they went
1: to like a a cut-in or something. A live
2: satellite feed or something. I don't think- From
1: one hour away.
2: (laughs) It's a little more.
1: It takes five hours to get to Cincinnati.
2: But the way that uh, he said it seems that they're not going to go for that.
1: No, that would be expensive.
2: So Karen, you are implying that someone- isn't going to be there but is going to say like maybe give a short
1: speech. I think that's possible. I've already offered my services. <laughs> and to yeah. induct him, I said I would physically go and induct him, that, that that didn't seem compelling to HBO.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Karen Globber and then you walk yeah, out. And they'll be like,
1: <laughs> "Who? What?"
2: that would know,
0: be a big, it'd be like- it <laughs> would have to do a package on like, you to introduce you. Or like
1: Andy Kaufman or someone should come out. <laughs> you
2: know, someone is. If there is a speech or performance, I, I have some names of, of what I think would be good contenders, interesting okay. ones you for tell that. Me. I mean, Trent Reznor has cited Todd as a influence. We know he plays ball now. He inducted the cure. Also, maybe if you get him in the building- you can do a one-two, let him perform a song, maybe a song of his and a song of Todd's just because he didn't get to perform at his own induction mm. when there was a virtual ceremony in 2020. That's really cute. You could do something with that. Maybe have Nine Inch Nails open the show and then you know he's he'll be there so he can later give the speech for Todd. That's cute. I know that Todd is working with Rivers Cuomo. And How if about you're-
1: Kanye? I think Kanye. Should <laughs> that's my vote. I'm gonna give you the scoop. Kanye is gonna show up. Incredible. And just play like the unreleased stuff that Todd recorded for him. I think that's gonna be the induction. On his phone, it's just go out about four or five hours. Um, he's gonna be some- selling some of his Yeezy for Gap merch in the lobby, and that's. <laughs> You got it out of me. Here is the exclusive. Wow. It's going to be Kanye.
2: Breaking news. Breaking news. Um, but I again, I I don't know. I think there's something also compelling about Weezer's involvement because we know from having talked to Joel Gallen and Rick Krim about last year's planned ceremonies that Weezer was going to be involved. And then obviously it, it didn't happen. And, and with Rivers working with Todd on something, there's some collaboration apparently in the works. I could see Weezer playing... I Saw the Light or Hello, It's Me. I feel like mm. now that Weezer, I guess, is America's cover band.
1: Ooh, yeah.
2: uh, they just they just cover songs at some level of competence. I could see that.
1: I don't believe, based on everything that I've heard, that there will be a Todd Rundgren song performed that night.
2: Yeah, they got to keep it moving.
0: Yeah, there's so many people to get through. And it's kind of like, why spend time on someone who didn't want to spend out. time on you? You know, they're not yeah, trying right. to be, they're not trying to get used in this relationship. They're not trying to give more love than they're receiving. I'm the opposite. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, what more can I do for you? Really? Do you have any bills you need paying? <laughs>
2: so yeah, I, I think in conclusion, likely not a ton of time spent on the Todd induction outside of the package.
1: But at the other thing, and what are you talking about? Now you're like Traken. You're talking about Todd's package. That's lovely. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey.
2: We've long established we call the little documentary a package. So that's on you, but I do no, appreciate I know what a package
0: is. I do. Oh yeah, I know. It's I also, know. apparently, this documentary is not that little, Joe. Um,
2: yeah, we've got a. We're getting
1: our, punchy. Yeah, we really are. <laughs> Look, I'm thrilled. Todd Rundgren, get regardless of whether he shows up, he will forever be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. That's something that I'll be able to say is is, and I didn't do it by myself. I think people like Questlove were very instrumental as a fellow like Philadelphia artist Mm -hmm. of flying that flag. You know, I think other people that have been super supportive.
2: People in the nominating committee had to vote for Todd to get him on the ballot. And then people in the voting body had to vote for him to get inducted a lot of people are saying it takes a village <laughs> right. um, and i mean yeah you're right he's in the hall of fame he will be a rock and roll hall of famer and when people promote his shows if he does something newsworthy whether he likes it or not he is a rock and roll hall of famer
1: i know i love that and i think it will matter for ticket sales in the future i think it matters I think people, but
2: those sales should yeah, go exactly. to you.
1: <laughs> well, I don't want, to. no, I'm just,
2: I wait till you and see I... the check here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I love that future generations, people that are as passionate about the rock hall as say you are your next generation of obsessives will now know who Todd Rundgren is, or even casual visitors, to the rock and roll hall of fame mm-hmm. will know who Todd Rundgren is.
2: Yeah. Even if he's not there, there is a great deal of press and visibility for him and his work.
1: And also look, Tame Impala love him. Rivers loves him. Like Trent, all the artists that have discovered him and have, are flying the flag of Todd. It's pretty exciting. Not a lot of artists that are sort of fringe have that kind of longevity.
2: Yeah. And that's beautiful. Let
1: yeah. your Todd
0: flag fly.
2: Let that Todd flag fly. Well, Karen, thank you so much for for joining us in our Todd Tober celebration.
1: I hope this is annual. <laughs> we'll see. Uh,
2: congrats. Congrats to you and yours. Is there anything you would like to uh, plug before we get out of here?
1: Uh, Hits daily double is my company's website, HitsDailyDouble.com, and uh, that's what I got. Uh,
2: well, our listeners know they can follow us at RocklePod on Twitter and Instagram. RocklePod at gmail.com is the email. If you want Christmas, to see your message, you need to designate that somewhere in there. Otherwise, she doesn't want to see it. And I'm not going to forward it. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us. Five stars only. We don't. If it's less than five stars, I can't stress this enough. That's a rude gesture, and it will hurt our feelings. And it, maybe it will result in the show going away forever. And do you really want that? If you do, then again, you're you're hurting us. Our live show.
0: Oh yeah, we have a live show live coming up.
2: Recording. Oh our first yeah. live pod recording is happening
0: in Cleveland. Induction
2: Eve in Cleveland at the Frolic Cabaret at Hilarity's Comedy Club, 7 p.m. Friday, October 29th. Be there. Pickwickandfrolic.com is the website to get tickets. Just click on show. Scroll down until you see our faces. And uh, we hope to see you there. That will be very exciting, our first live show. Uh, Thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo and the poster for the live show. Uh, thank you Ooh. to you, Kim, for the music. Thank you to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. I'm Joe Kozala.
0: I'm Kristen Studdard.
2: And who cares
0: about the Rock Hall?
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.